It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chumpacasino.com test your luck in the shadowy world of the godfather slot someday i will call upon you to do a service for me play the godfather now at chumpacasino.com welcome to the family no purchase necessary vgw group void where prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply it's time for today's lucky land horoscope with victoria cash Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. Welcome back to the Shades of Blue Soccer Show. I uh, should have my guest, Steve Brizendine on. Steve, you there? I am here. Welcome back. Uh, it's been a couple of weeks since we've had a chance to do one of these. And uh, Mike, our regular third person, is uh, working on his house right now, so he's unable to attend. Aha. I'll have to shame him for that later. Yeah. <laughs> Heap all sorts of scorn and contumely on him. <laughs> All right. Well, since we last talked, we I think we were on a good roll the last time we talked, and now it's not been so good. We've yeah, lost, two losses in a row, and three of the last at four, and three of the last four, and two of those at home. Yeah, um, so it hasn't been a great run uh, in, in recent weeks. Now, some of those were. Maybe you could say they were just losses because the team was good and it was on the road, and they didn't always look like a good loss. I mean, what's your thought on that? <laughs> well, the one at home to Colorado was definitely not a good loss. That was a here-have-three-points loss because they, they – I hate to use the word literally, 
But they, with, with two giveaways, lead the goals. Yeah, that's kind of the word you use in terms of giving that thing away. The goal at Dallas, not the not the winning goal, but the first goal that FC Dallas scored was a soft goal. They should have been stopped. So you take that away. You take away the two soft goals against Colorado and the, the first soft goal against Dallas, and you got four points out of two games. So, and and then you have nobody really in a worried mode at that point. Right. Exactly. So the thing is, it's it's not that they don't have the talent and other teams are overwhelming them. It's they have the talent, but it's not always on the same page yet, let's say. And so if they can write the ship that way, commit the giveaways, not give up the soft goals, then they're still, I think, one of the toughest teams in MLS. Yeah, I I wouldn't disagree with that, but it's – it also has to be righted. You know, it, we can say we're one of the tougher teams in MLS, but it still has to be corrected to make that happen. Um, but let's, let's go back to that Colorado game for a second. You, you said there was two giveaways. Uh, I believe Lowe was one of them. Uh, and, and Benny with the other, which the is a characteristic. Who, yeah, it's the guy we expect to be one of the best passers on the team, just basically gives the ball to a guy in the middle of the park and lets him run in on goal. Makes a bad square pass, and he owned it. I mean, you know, we were, you were in there after yeah. the game. He owned it. Um, you know, you, you can't rewind. There, there's no rewind button on life. But uh, no, no. Um, it, it's, it's, this is not to like rag on him. I mean, he's won us games by making great passes and scoring yeah, yeah. and such. Things. So he's he's entitled to give away one once in a while. But I guess the question is, is is that an indicator that he's not in form yet? Because he hasn't necessarily looked himself yet this year, in my opinion. Is it just the fact that he was maybe playing with some guys that were unfamiliar? Because he's he he's not used to Olam from last year. Um, you know, Olam being in instead of Mustavar. Um, there's lots of little things here that um, you know could be all in play, and that's what I'm just trying to see if what your thoughts on that is. Um, I asked, you know, is it, and I asked Benny that, is it a matter of guys just still kind of finding each other and they're formed together and all that? And he said, maybe that's a little bit of it, but he said, you know, he's just a bad pass. Uh, he, he, he couldn't blame it on, he wouldn't blame it on any adjustment periods or being out with an injury or anything like that. He said, it was just a bad pass. He says, it's on me to get, to, to get the, those passes better. Um, you know, I asked Peter the same thing, and Peter said, look, no matter who's out there, you can't make silly giveaways. If you're going to make a bad pass, it doesn't matter who's on the other end of it, you've made a bad pass. Uh, that, that, that's me saying that's not him talking, but it's just you uh, – there are some things that, that you can say, okay, this is a result of maybe some communication that's not there yet, and there's some stuff that just – it's not a good play, and it should have been a better play. And you look back at the Colorado, and those were two plays that were not good plays. It should have been better plays, and they led to, led to easy goals for the Rapids. Now, um, I completely understand that, you know, who's on the end of it. It's a bad pass no matter who's on the end of it and that that concept. But it also can come down to familiarity, just like in the NFL. If a quarterback's going to throw a pass, he's used to a certain receiver breaking a certain way or turning a certain way or something like that. It can be that kind of way in soccer, too, where you're used to a guy who's going to step up and make that 
step into space and you're putting it into that space and that guy doesn't do it because he's a different person, that can affect it. It, it can affect it, but usually where you see that a lot of times is the down-the-field play. Guy's playing it into space and the guy's not making the, the – the, the target guy's not making the exact run that the – the playmaker is looking for the, for the target guy to make um, or uh, across, let's say, and it's not where the target forward is making his run um, because the communication as to, as to where a guy likes to cut to make his run in the box is not just entirely down yet, but a square pass and, and, and a giveaway, uh, just a bad turnover. Those, the, again, I, I'm saying those are not communications problems. Those are, that's sloppy play, and that that's not uh, a mistimed run. It, it's turning and just giving the ball to the dude who's running the other direction and going to go score, or making a bad square pass, not seeing that there's a guy lurking in the area who who's going to pounce all of that thing. Um, I don't I don't I don't care if it's somebody you've played with since you were three on the other end of that pass. If you turn and make make a, a bad square pass into into a path of somebody else, it's going to get picked off. Um, I don't care if the team's been together every match for the last five years. If you, if you have a bad giveaway, like all of them had, it, it's going to bite you. It's not a communication thing. It's just it's a it's a needs to tighten up thing in those areas. Fair enough. Uh, so that's, uh, I, like I said, I'm not trying to necessarily hammer on either one of those guys or take the the blame off of them. Is it's actually kind of more the other way. I'm kind of maybe blaming them a little bit for having made that pass when it shouldn't have been made. You know what I mean? No, yeah, yeah. I'm just, you know, if we don't have some adversarial relationship, I think I'm going to listen. Well, yes, Dad, I agree entirely. Um, <laughs> everything you say, I'm going to say, yep. No, no, I don't think so. Like um, Dad said. No, no, that would not be very entertaining at all. No. But I got to, you know, still got to make the other argument, right? Um, speaking of guys in form, though, I mean, because to me it does look like Benny's not him nor- his normal self yet. I mean, yeah, we can say that's just one bad pass, but in some of the other areas of the field, uh, he's not, his passing doesn't hasn't looked as good, uh, hasn't looked as creative. And I know he's not gonna say that it's you know that he's not back in shape or that he's not ready or whatever, but. He doesn't look like mid-season form Benny whatsoever to me yet. I know it's not quite mid-season, but he doesn't look like he's, he's it there. It's not quite mid-season, and, and he's still not – you know, he, he's been playing back in after being hurt. So there is maybe some some rust there. But you you can, you can put some of it on rust, but I just don't think you can put all of it on rust. I don't even think you can put most of it on rust. I think there is some rust there, and I think he'll he'll get that worked out. The other thing is, is, you know, you've got a lot of creative guys uh, on, on the pitch. Um, we've kind of, it's, it really has kind of fallen to him to make all the plays in, in the past in terms of, of creating out of that midfield spot. Where now maybe you've got uh, guys who can, who can take a little more of that load and not key on Benny so much, you know, waiting for him to, to make that pass, the bad pass to the turnover. Where you've got two or three other guys out there who can create. Now you talk about guys who are in form. And guys who are doing more to create, I, I think Roger Espinoza has to be on the list. He's looked really good this year, both defensively so strong and shouldering guys off the ball. And and Peter won't say this, but I think we're seeing more out of him on the offensive creating end than we have in years past. 
uh, where he doesn't just get the ball and lump it to somebody, but where he gets the ball, gets on his feet, maybe drives through a couple of people, and then picks out a guy to make a really nice pass to. So in terms of somebody being in form, um, and somebody they definitely could have used in, in, in that, that game, uh, you know, when he was suspended, um, I think Roger has been terrific this year. I really do. Yeah, and, and this is one I'm not going to argue with you, even for the devil's advocate's sake. I, I agree. He's looked really good. Um, he's, And it is kind of strange that Peter won't say he looks like he's maybe slightly better or even he, – he won't, like, admit in any way, shape, or form that he's a little more offensive capable this year than he has been in the past, which is kind of strange to me. It's like, why not – just say, yeah, he's, you know, doing it well to this year, or he's, you know, improved a little bit or something. He just keeps saying, no, he's always been that way. Well, and I know Peter know, knows he, that. We could devote an entire hour to parsing each statement that Peter Ramiz makes and trying to figure out exactly why. He knows he has his reasons for saying what he says, not saying what he says. Sometimes you can kind of pick that out, but other times you can't. You have to kind of just say many and strange are the ways of, of Peter Vermees and you just go with it. He's not going to acknowledge that Roger has that extra dimension this year. I think everybody who watches Roger can see it, um, and it's fun to see. I mean, it, 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 to watch him play defense on his feet the way he has, he's not he's not having to go to ground on guys a lot of times because he's just so strong that he, he just muscles them off the ball, shoulder to shoulder. And that's a, you know, you look back at the beginning of his his career, that wasn't that wasn't the way he did it. I mean, he was he went to ground a lot, and to see him being able to do that, where not only does he take the ball, but now he's in control of the ball, not just knocking the ball away, not just not just putting the ball out of bounds, making the tackle, but taking the ball and then being in control of the ball where he can do good things with it. It, it has been, I mean, if you're a sporting fan, that's a joy to watch. I mean, I think if you if you like seeing players develop, I don't care who you support. It's a it's it's just neat to see how mature he is as a player. A lot of that has come with with uh, with experience, but a lot of it is he has worked really hard year in year out on developing his game, on on being game smart. And I think right now you, you're seeing him as playing as well as he has ever played. And that's including before he went to Wigan. Yeah, again, I won't won't argue with that. It's and I think you bring out a good point about how he's a guy who works to improve his game. When he came to Sporting, when he was drafted, you know, he was not necessarily the smartest soccer guy. He played hard, he had some skill, but he didn't seem to be have that high soccer IQ a lot. I'm not saying he was a stupid guy, just he didn't have that as a big part of his game. And, it, but it seems as every year it's like that's improved. He's figured out his role. He figured out where he can play his game and make the most impact on a team. And Peter has figured out how to make the most impact with him. But every year it's just like he's added to it. He's gotten a little bit better, a little bit better. And, you know, he's going to have his up and downs with health and with everything else involved in it. But he's gotten professionally better. I mean, you expect a guy to get better professionally over the years, but, but he's not really slacked off. He's not hit a plateau yet. Yeah. You, you hit the right word professional. You know, everybody says that's being a professional and yeah, you look in the college game here in the U S the college game hustle will take you a long way. 
Uh, we saw that in the, in the college cup, you know, hustle goes a long way. And, um, the technically skilled players in the U S now, the, the, the most skilled players and Jordan Morris aside, you know, you can even make, you can make an argument there about, you know, hustle versus technical skill, but the most skilled players now are not in college. They're in, uh, they're in, they're in their academies, they're in U. They're in USL. They're in European development sides. You know, so so even when, when Roger was was coming up, there were more skilled guys maybe in college than there are now. But college is still a, a hustle game to me. Um, so you, you make that jump to MLS. Well, and then you got you've got to make that transition into an environment where you got to play smart as well as hard, or you're not going to be around for very long, or you're going to be a career bench guy or a career lower division guy where you're going you know, in the past, it was, you know, a guy who's going to go off to, to, to Scandinavia and play in the second level in tier in Sweden or the, the first tier in, in Sweden, because that was kind of your level, uh, lower division, you know, a lower level first tier side in, in Scandinavia. But, um, I, I think now, um, the game is it, it does demand a lot higher soccer IQ than it used to, and you've got to have that that upward curve. And I think you know we've kind of praised Roger enough, but I think he's modeled that uh, every year since he came into the league. Oh he has, and that's a you you made the statement earlier. You know you expect that from a professional. You know because I said that about being him being professional. You don't see that with everybody, even though people come in and oh you know it's great to be a professional and be in a professional environment you don't necessarily see guys work so hard at becoming a better player in different facets of the game. They like, they basically, they just try to get in better shape. <laughs> well, Those are the and, guys and, who don't make first teams. Yeah. And again, you, you look at, at mental adjustments. If you put, you know, when you're drafted, um, it's because you were, if not the guy, you were one of the guys on your team. Right. I mean, you you stood out on your team. That's why you got you got that's why you got drafted. But be, in the same way, you know, you you were or you you get signed out of high school now or signed while you're still in high school because you were the guy or one of the guys on your academy team. We can make it about academies too. But when, you, when then you move up to the next level, you're not the guy anymore. <laughs> you know, you're a guy. In, in in a system that has already has the guy or a group of mm-hmm. guys who are the guys. And so you're starting over at a whole new level and what you did to get to, to this level, is not going to cut it at this next level. Being a great college player is not going to cut it in MLS. Being a great Academy player is not going to cut it in, in MLS. I mean, if you're, if you're playing in the great Academy level, great. You're a great Academy player, but you're not an MLS player. If you're a great college player, you're on your way to being a, a solid MLS player, but you're not there yet because it's it's a it's a different environment. And and the guys who make it are, are the guys who a figure out um, how much work it takes to make it, whatever their role is. You know, like Jacob Peterson told me once, he said nobody sets out to be a role player, but if that's what it takes to keep you in the professional ranks, that's what you do. You learn how to do it as as best you can uh, at, at as high a level as you can, 
and you give everything you got in whatever role you're in when you're on the pitch. And then the guys who make it in the league are the guys who figure out what they what they can do, uh, work to get to do more, and and bust their butts to uh, to, to to improve every time and not plateau. Well, and and speaking of Jake, and he, you know he's a guy I I love as a player. Not that he's going to be a star, but he's a guy who maybe once he was in the league for a couple of years hasn't really improved his game. He hasn't become a better passer or a better shooter. I mean, he was, you know, a goal scorer when he was young, but now he is that role player because he's willing to fill every role. He's willing to do all the dirty work and do anything that coach needs him to do. But he hasn't necessarily improved his game where Roger has actually physically and mentally improved his game in pretty much every facet. You know what I mean? This is not to down, yeah. not to bag on Jake because we love the guy, but well, yeah, I think Roger you look at yeah, you look at whatever upside each guy has, and I think both of them, you could say, have or have maybe hit their upside. Uh, and again, everybody's got a different level. Um, but but you know, Roger had obviously um, premiership upside. Landed landed in a kind of a wonky situation when he fell out of favor at Wigan, and you know, so many managerial changes, and he was hurt. Uh, you know, you wonder what uh, what might have been had he not. Um, he was just so worn down after after the Olympics, and then again after the World Cup, he he really got worn down while he was in Europe, because he'd never had that much time off, at, you know, at first from the Olympics on, you know, and then make move to Wigan, and then um, you know he 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 gets hurt, um, kind of falls out of favor, then goes to the World Cup, plays again, but then he he's banged up and tired and 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 out of favor again, um, you know things circumstances kind of worked against him there, but it wasn't for, I don't think it was for a lack of talent that he's no longer playing over there. I think it was just the circumstances and injury kind of conspired against him. And, and, and he was just kind of beaten up uh, when he decided to make the move back to Kansas city. And I think sporting are, are the better for it, uh, for having him back with a European experience with the FA cup winning experience. But I don't think that it's for a lack of driver talent that he's, uh, that he's back in MLS. All right. Go back to the 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 games that we've the that they've dropped the three out of the last four, et cetera. Mm-hmm. And we we've covered the fact that it's a couple of uh, bad passes, a uh, not clearing the ball out. Is this something that you see them getting corrected in the next couple games and getting back on the winning track? And how easy is it to do that? Uh yeah, they've they've got the people to do it. I mean, they have got the people to do it. They've got they've got um, Nuno Cuello in in, in the, the the squad now, and the and the guy I think has been really solid. He I mean, nobody looked great uh, in, in in against Colorado. Uh, he looked good. Nobody looked really great against Colorado, uh, but he he had some really solid moments. He's good with the ball at his feet. Uh, good at timing tackles, good at distribution. Um, I, I think I think he solidifies again. I, I think you know Beasler is you know he had to come back from the concussion, uh, and that's always it's, you know it's always a scary thing. I I think he'll get back into into full form without a whole lot of trouble. I think Ike um, is going to get. Back to you know, I don't know if he's going to get back to beast mode Ike that he was before he got hurt the second time last year. You kind of you know you you hope that he does, 
but I think he's going to be solid. Uh, so I think the, the, the center back triad again is, is going to, to, to be a strength of the club. And I think, I think that, that clearance problems and, and marking problems, things like that, is an aberration. I mean, you've seen, you've seen how good these guys can be. I think that was an aberration. Um, Dia has not had a great last couple of games. So I, I don't, um, I don't know what's going to happen there at left back. Um, you know, he, he does have the speed that, that Seth doesn't still have. Uh, but I think Seth has still has the defensive instincts who still might be a little bit sharper. Um, now, a chance on, uh, at right back. I don't think he's going to be back in time for the for the weekend. Uh, I think Saad Abdul Salam is, is up and coming, but uh, I don't still I don't see him being the guy who who would take the job and then keep it from from Chance if they were both fully healthy. Um, so I, I think that um, the, the key the key components are I think the center backs. And, and the D mid spot. I think they, they'd like to have Mustafar back and healthy because he covers so much more ground at the D mid spot. But I mean, all of them is no slouch uh, playing in that in that D mid spot. I mean, he he played an MLS Cup final for all but seven minutes of a 120 minute match, and you know, and they only conceded once. He, you know, you played at, at center back in, in the Open Cup final, um, and, and they won that after going through 120. So he, he's he's not a slot. He's he doesn't have the range Mustafar does. He doesn't have the engine Mustafar does. But he's not. He he's he 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 knows where he needs to be on the pitch, and, and I think he's he, he'll he'll do fine there. Um, in terms of giveaways in the midfield, I think they'll get that tightened up because I think that these are guys who want to get that tightened up. I mean, you, you know how competitive this bunch is. They're not gonna sit around going, oh, hey, you know, we we've we've not played great. The last couple of times out, we've given up some goals we shouldn't, but you know, say lovey. Yeah, I guarantee that however hard that the fans are coming down on them, they're ten times more hard on themselves. Um, oh yeah, no doubt. Because they know the expectations but, and they have the expectations of themselves. So will they be okay? I think so. I, I really honestly think they'll be okay. I love Olam also, but I don't like him being a consistent starter. Uh, I, it's always seemed to me that this is again going off of memory, but that I could be wrong. It's always seemed to me he's had really good games when he's come in off the bench or had the surprise start because somebody was hurt that we didn't know about. But when he's had to play that spot for three games or four games, his play dropped dramatically or people figured out how to play him. Um, and he was not nearly as effective. He's, he's stepped up in really big games for this team. So he's like the perfect guy to be on the bench because he can fill two to three different roles. Um, but he's also that guy I just don't want to see starting. I would rather – I don't know who else to start there right now but since Sony's not ready. Um, but I know there was talk earlier in the year about Jordy starting at defensive mid, which kind of surprised me at one point. Um, I, I know Peter said that he was a – he's either a six or a ten. He's not an eight for whatever reason. But you could have yeah. many back there who played really well back there at one point. Maybe not now. Um, but yeah, there's just I mean, that's just, that's my only knock on Olam is that he doesn't seem to be a guy that performs well when he's a consistent starter in that spot. I'd actually rather see him at at, a, at center back, starting at center back, 
um, and maybe somebody else being a D mid, and I think he's probably a lot more effective in that way. Well, you, you, know, you and you might be able to get Nagabura back in a couple of games too. Um, and he can he can definitely play that that slot as well. Um, he's just you know he's not match ready yet, but you know down the road a couple no. matches, I think you'll you'll see him able to at least come off the bench if he's needed in that role, and then you know, as he gets back into in into full match fitness because you know D mid spot is one that Peter doesn't like to, to sub out. He doesn't you don't like to sub out defenders. He likes he likes defenders and D mids to be able to go the full ninety when he puts them on the pitch. So he can make the adjustments okay. up front in the midfield you know, as, as needed, and maybe bring on an extra defender. But he doesn't like to to start a a, a backline guy or a D mid who's not ninety minutes good to go. Right. Um, moving on is um, I know that I guess uh, Sam asked Peter about Rubio whether or not he had seen enough out of him to decide so far. I know they don't need to decide yet. But uh, what that, yeah, that was Rubio. What do you think? Yeah, I was that. <laughs> uh, we t- I did that story yesterday on on uh, you know what they kind of want to see out of him to to get him more involved. And again, as Peter said, it's still in kind of early days, and you do have you know Dwyer still is your clear first choice guy. I I think um, right now just because of. of his history with the team and, and his, his proven production. I think Rubio is a guy who can give you that spark off the bench, but the finishing has got to be the finishing has got to be there. And the decision of when to take the shot and when to lay off and make another move has, as Vermi said, it's maybe got to be a little bit sharper. You can't fault the guy for wanting to score. I mean, that's what forwards do is they want to score, but the, the one that, that smacked out the crossbar, if it goes in, everybody's screaming. But I wasn't sure that was the greatest shot selection when you had guys crashed in the box out front that you might have been able to to, to lay off to. Um, you know, he he's it looks like he's pressing a little bit, uh, trying to get that first goal, which again is understandable. That's he's a striker. I mean, that, that job one if you're a striker is to, is to score goals. I. I I like his energy level. I like his work ethic. He seems like he gets back and then defends really well, works on the ball-winning aspects, you know, which, again, Peter likes to see. But um, I, I think that that still some things to be sorted up front in terms of communication, when to shoot, when to lay off, um, where to make the runs. Uh, so, he's in a, so he's in a good position to, to finish and to take the ball from the guys who are providing the service. I think that'll come. You know, they've got, they've got until the end of June. So they've got – what two and a half months, roughly two and a third months, before they had to decide whether they had to pull a trigger on on extending his time here. Um, I like I said, I, it's not an issue of uh, of or anything like or skill. I think I think it's just a matter of, and this is where I will say it's a matter of communication of getting sorted with the uh, the guys he's on the pitch with. Once that comes, I, I think he's going to be fine. So if it was it was up to you, would you keep? I mean, you would you yeah. decide to keep him at this point, or you just keep waiting? I I keep waiting. I mean, it's like 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 it's it, you don't have to decide until end of June. Don't you don't need to decide right now? I mean, it's like 
you've got you got time. You know, if if it were a case where, gee, this guy is just not working at all, he's 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 not putting out effort in training, he's not showing any incentive on the field. Then yeah, it's like you know. But I think they've scouted the guy well enough to know that that, that know that before they brought him in, um, that he was going to give him give him the effort in in, in in training on the pitch. I mean, they didn't bring in the guy blind. Um, so right now, you're you're not looking at, um, oh boy, this was a mistake. And yeah, you know, you, you, I don't see any way you could look at it and go, oh, this is a mistake. It's like, could things be better? Obviously, yeah. He 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 needs to be scoring. He needs to be more efficient in the attack. But it's way too early to be talking about pulling any kind of trigger either way. Yeah, no, I would actually wholeheartedly agree with that. Um, but I have to ask the question, right? The um, one, And sorry, I didn't realize that was your article. I just saw a tweet yesterday that somebody said something and – that that one came from Sam. So yeah, that, was, that, that was me. That was me. So uh, <clears throat> let's see. Um, one of the rumors that came up this week was uh, again was Danny Castellano, or however you say his name, from Las Palmas. There's a place in Spain that keeps saying that uh, Sporting is scouting him and been there and checking him out multiple times and everything. And uh, I asked Ramiz about that today, and he was flat out no. Never talked to him, not looking at him. Um, it was kind of a weird one anyway, since the guy's been playing left back a lot. He didn't didn't think we'd want to go spend a lot of money on a left back at this point. Yeah, uh, no, but he had played midfield. And made it, yeah. But Castellano had played midfield at one point, so maybe it was a you know, possibility. But if they were going to go find somebody at this point, what position do you think they would be looking for? If they were going to look for somebody right now, I don't know. I mean, because I think the, the you got the wings um, pretty well handled with with with, with Davis and Zussi. Um I, I think that the and when, Map when the, still. Yeah, Map has still got the time. I think Map is going to Map is going to be one of those guys. that would be surprised to see him coming in as a center forward too. Um, or you know, switching things up and maybe making him more withdrawn guy. Um, and not coming from me, sorry. Um, with him as more of a withdrawn guy and uh, playing behind Dwyer because he's really good with the ball at his feet. He's not he's not a burner anymore, but he's really crafty with the ball at his feet. Um, so you know, the, up front, I think if you're you know they're always looking for players, always looking for players. But I don't see a place that you look and go, crap, we've got to get a guy in. And we've got to look hard for a guy. Um, you know, do you, do you look for another box-to-box mid? Sure, they're always nice to have, but I don't look at this team and go, crap, you know, there is a really glaring need at this spot, and it's got to get filled really quickly or things are going to go sideways really fast. I, I don't see that. I, I just absolutely do not see that in this team. Yeah, that's um. There's lots of places that you could upgrade, but when you do that, you're basically moving out somebody who you've already upgraded to that point. You know what I mean? It's not mm-hmm. like there's a spot where they haven't improved at. Uh, yeah, you could say outside back because you got two, well, two second year guys playing there right now, but you also have two seasoned veterans who are competing for that spot, coming back from injury, et cetera. 
you don't have a problem at center back other than the fact of keeping them healthy. Uh, and, and, and the thing is, the 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 when we talk about upgrades, there are two words that always come into play when you're talking about messing with your roster, and those two words are salary cap. This is a cap league, and you know, granted, you can make guys DPs, move DPs in and out, take the tag off, whatever, give allocation money to to, to make guys in that in that DP category, but there's still only so much you can do especially if you're going to keep the other guys on your team happy. And so the sporting are not a, a club who's going to um, rock that cap boat really hard. And, and we start talking about, you know, we've got a pretty solid nucleus of guys, uh, solid guys who, who I don't know, all have, have shown they can play. When you start talking about, well, then we're going to come in and splash a lot of money on an upgrade. They got, it's got to come from somewhere. And, um, um it's a, again, it's, it's not a huge market. They're not going to drop uh, gigantic deals on, on players a la L.A., NYCFC, uh, Toronto, Seattle. They're just not going to do that. So I think no. any kind of bring they might get is not an immediate um, impact guy. Uh, what they're looking for is uh, probably the guy who can come in and play, play uh, some quality minutes, say at that D-minute spot or at a box-to-box spot or, or, or without saying, okay, we need, we need to find somebody who is ready to step in and be the guy at this spot. I don't think they, 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 I don't think they really need that. I don't think there's any urgency there uh, to do that. And so I, I don't think that, I don't see any big, big splashy moves coming um, until summer, if that. Well, and that's a, one of the questions I did ask Ramiz this morning about that, the, you know, when, when I asked him about Castigliano, Danny, um, <laughs> was that, you know, anybody else in, you know, because the transfer window is open for a couple more weeks. Uh, like sometime right. in the beginning of May, I think it closes for this window. And he's like, yeah, we're always looking. I mean, you know, that's a standard answer. We're always looking. We're always looking to improve. We're always looking, you know, that he goes, but there is nothing imminent right now, which is kind of what I expected. But yeah, that was his confirmation. That, and, and I don't know that he would say, you know, we're going to sign somebody tomorrow, but we know him well enough that he could say, well, there's a guy we're taking a look at. And you can start to say, okay, yeah. how long? What does that mean? Does that mean two weeks out? Does that mean six months out? And then you got you can start trying to dig it out of him. But yeah, he's pretty much yeah. There's nothing imminent. There's nothing there. So I wouldn't would not expect to see something in the next couple of weeks. Uh, and, I wouldn't you know, be surprised if he, to see something in the next window though. He will say. Sometimes he's like, you know, we've got one or two more deals we're looking to get done. He won't talk particulars, you know, right. with this player or that player. But he will say, you know, we've got one or two signings we're looking to make. So the fact that he's not even conceding that, I don't, I don't think they're really – again, their eyes and ears always a very hardworking uh, technical staff in terms of, of, of scouting players and looking for players all over. But I really don't think that they're, uh, they're, that they're like, working – really hard to get a deal put together. I think they're just, just doing the usual due diligence, seeing who's available, uh, who might be disgruntled and looking to make a move in the summer. Um, the, the usual yeah, thing that, that they do when they're looking for good players in bad situations. 
yeah, they they have a long list of players at pretty much every spot that's um, that is in their potential type of player, uh, style of player um, that fits those categories of maybe looking for a move because they're not getting paid enough or not getting playing time or you know their their wife got disrespected or whatever. Uh, just a joke on that one. Um, but yeah. they always have that long list of players, and the players are ever percolating to the top of that. Uh, you know, they may, they may be fifth on the list today, but uh, next month they might be the second one on the list because they weren't getting playing time or they, they're mm-hmm. upset about something or their contract is a little closer to being up and would be more palatable to buy them out of it or et cetera. So it's, that's always changing. And, you know, somebody could pop up all of a sudden and say, hey, that guy's really mad at his club and they basically said they would let him out of his contract and all of a sudden, hey, we could have a, a deal moving, you know, a million miles a minute. Probably not going to happen in this window, but that's kind of the way that happens sometimes for him. Sure. Now, yeah. uh, we that, did have a question that, come in on... Uh, go ahead and finish, Steve. No, 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 no. I was just saying that's the, their their model is 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 always been um, you know, try to find like like Sony, good guy in a bad situation. Um, that maybe be up, be up a lot of people's radar. Same way with Colin, good good player in a bad situation on a, a lot of people's radar. They're not, um, you know, vendor or decide they're not really looking at guys who are marquee players. Um, you know, Nimit had a, had a had a ton of potential when he was younger and had had injury problems. Good player and had had some struggles. Was was in a in a situation where you know he I think he could do better with uh, with the club and he, and he did. And now he's you know he's getting paid in in Cutter. Um, but again, the the model is has never. Yeah, they made the run at Geo. Yeah, so I can't say never. But the model is almost overwhelmingly not in terms of let's look for the aging guy who's a name who is going to need, who's going to demand that legacy pay, which I think is a silly thing in the first place. Um, and, and, and bring him in to, to put butts in the seats and maybe he can, he can help us you know, a little bit on the pitch. Just not ever been the, the need here because they fill this, they fill the stadium. And, and they're, they've been in the playoffs every year since uh, since they they moved in. You know they didn't make the last couple of years didn't make the the deep run. Um, but there are a lot of teams Kansas with Kansas Kansas Kansas. situation that they're in. Yeah, but Kansas is a different market than in LA or New York or uh, Orlando. We we Midwestern hardworking blue collar types, et cetera. We aren't less necessarily looking to have a a Messi or a Kaká come here. Don't get me wrong; we would love it, but we don't require one of them. We require a team that puts out game in, game out, goes out and plays, and has a decent success rate. You know, I mean, for how long were the Chiefs still selling out their stadium, even though they sucked for ten years? It was yeah. because they were going out and playing hard. Still, you know, fans were at least that loyal. I mean, it took forever for the for the Royals to, to get to where they were, you know, the worst attendance in the league or very close to it. And now, you know, they've had some success. It'll take another, t- you know, they could suck for the next five years and they would still have decent attendance for a few years. At least yeah. that, that's, I kind of hope. And that's why, that's why I think Kansas city fans are, is that they just, they need a team that 
that goes out and represents the city and plays hard and has some reasonable amount of success, but we don't need the, the superstars to make that. Yeah, it would be nice to see them and be nice to have them, but that's not what we need. We're, you're in New York, you're in L.A., you've got to have those guys. That's just kind of the, the way it is. That's because you're kind of getting into the, the, the entertainment options available in these other markets. I mean, fans in New York uh, for either either club in L.A. Um, even you know, even I would say Toronto because there's a lot going in Seattle. They're they're kind of jaded because there's a whole bunch of other things competing for their attention. And so, if a, if a club is going to want attention, well, you got to have somebody that that people know. Hey, this guy's a celebrity. I you know I, I've seen this guy play. Uh, on TV, and, you know, for Italy or for England, and and, and this guy is not just a player, but a, but a celebrity, and uh, that puts some shiny on on the the club because you you've got to be you're competing for a, in, a, in a bigger entertainment pool, and, and sports are, are entertainment. Here, I mean, love Kansas City. I mean, this is this is this is my home, been in my home for you know almost 20 years now, but it's not like. Um, the entertainment options are the same, so you don't need the the huge names. I mean, would would it be like you said? Would it be need to have them? Sure, but you, you don't having a big name to please jaded people or to attract jaded people is not nearly as important as having a team, that, like you said, reflects the city well, plays hard, plays together, and and has that team success. That's kind of what how we're geared. I mean, again, there, there's a lot of cool stuff to do here. Don't get me wrong on that. I'm just part of your phrase. A lot of cool stuff to do in Kansas city, but the, the, um, the flavor of the week ethic is not nearly as strong here as it is, uh, in, in New York and LA and Orlando and Toronto and Seattle. I'll probably get crap from Seattle fans who exactly. they invented like being loyal no matter what else was going on, but I can live with that. Yeah, well, that won't be the first time we've taken them off. All right, um, we we did have a question come in on Twitter, um, and kind of a little bit of a statement, but uh, it said from uh, it's from Sean Curry ninety nine. So thanks for the question, Sean. Um, says I wish SKC had played strong lineup versus Colorado at home. Better chance of points than away at Dallas. Agree. Um, yes, if they'd have played a strong lineup at, at home versus Colorado, there would have been a better chance to get points. Because um, as it was, they came close to getting them anyway. Um, but it was a reasonable risk of how they did it. The lineup they put out there still should have been able to get those points, don't you think? I, I think so. Um, it's a strong lineup. Yeah, been in a lineup of guys who had just played what four days earlier. So it's a calculated risk. You feel feel a strong lineup that's maybe not as rested, or do you feel the lineup of guys who've got something to prove that they need more minutes, who are fresh legged? Um, and let's face it, Colorado. Colorado's got some good players, but Colorado is Sporting should have won that match. Um, and, and I know what, uh, what what Pablo said about you know the bounces of the balls and the big win for Hart and and Stones and uh, Spirit uh, Spirit with Stones I remember was the last thing. But Sporting has 
better talent overall than the Colorado has. Colorado, again, Colorado has some good players, but top to bottom through the roster. And remember, they, they bought, brought like 15 guys, right? Forty right. should have won that with the lineup they ran out there. The rest of the lineup, the lineup that should have been hungry. Um, and it just didn't get done. Um, there's a calculated risk. And the, the team just didn't didn't get the job done. I, I probably would have done the same thing. I, I, if, I can't second guess Peter on that one. I, I think you know you, you ran your you ran your uh, your horses hard uh, just four days before. I, I think you make that calculated risk in midweek and and run out the guys who are fresh and, and should be hungry and then eager to play well. Yeah, and I, I mean, I do understand Sean's point, though. If, if they had played the stronger lineup, you'd have more le- more likely guaranteed getting the three points at home. Uh, you'd come out of that two-game set with three points instead of zero. Uh, mm. You still Then you would have went in to Dallas hoping to steal a point. Um, it, it, there's, I mean, there was a lot of factors to it. Yes, Colorado was shorthanded. You had guys that played the four days before. You had lots. Of, you're trying to give other guys opportunities. Rubio, uh, Jordy. I forget who else started that game that was out of the ordinary, but um, it was a winnable game for them. It, it. If you wanted to guarantee, not, there's no guarantee no matter how you do it. But if you wanted no, a better chance of getting three points, yeah, you could have. You could have started the 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 best lineup out there. And I think in some years past, that's what exactly what Peter would have done. And then they would have been wore out by the time the Saturday's game came around. Right. Um, but as it is, you know, they brought in Dwyer uh, with 33 minutes left or something like that. They yeah, brought in and they Davis. brought in, you know, they brought in guys, they brought in Benny at the half. They brought, I mean, they brought in, they brought in the horses in plenty of time to do what needed to get done. And it just didn't get done. Um. Yeah, and, and I mean, uh, really, if you're going to start the, if you're going to start a stronger lineup there, you got Benny coming off of injury, you got Brad coming off of injury, um, you couldn't play Beesler, uh, and you so basically the biggest one there is Dom. You would have started Dom over Rubio. Yeah. Um, actually, I, I guess you could have started Brad. I think he played the game before that, or he was coming off the head. He was coming off the the Kong, uh, Kong. concussion. concussion. So you still have those um, issues so yeah. to think about too. So in, in those, basically in those two cases, you were not wanting to get them a ton of playing time, and the only reason they did come in is because they weren't winning. Yeah. So, uh, you know, all in all, I think that was I would have done the same thing. I, I cannot second guess on that one. Yeah, it's and um, I would have had to have seen medical reports to see if I would have started some guy over somebody else at that point. Yeah. yeah you're right. There, there are no Aston Villas in this, in this league. I mean, there, there, there's, there, are, there, there is no, no club that's just like when they run out there, they're pretty much, you know, rowing on, on dry land with one oar. Um, was, you know, was the second they take the pitch. <laughs> what? Was that your uh, little dig at Cal Williams' favorite team there? No, no, no. I'm not digging a Cal. I mean, Cal is Cal's going to support him when they drive down to the championship, and I, I'm not taking any, any pleasure in that. I like Cal. Um, I, I don't hate Aston Villa. 
the way, you know, if it was Chelsea struggling really good, yeah, I'd be, I'd be chuckling and gloating all the way, you know, to the, to the, to drop day. But yeah, I don't, I don't hate Noah. But there, there, there are no. And you could say when, when, in the in the last days of Shiva's R.I.P. Um, then yeah, I mean that, that 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 club was a mess. But as it stands right now, there there's no one club that you look at and go, yeah, these guys suck and they're not ever going to win. Um, because yeah. it's, a, it's a cap league. It's a, it's a league with a lot of parity. And uh, you know our our, our pro rel supporting uh, friends think that's a bad thing. I think it's a good thing. I think it's a lot of fun. Yeah, same here. And um, even though we kind of back on Colorado a little bit, Colorado is not a bad team. They're not as bad as they used to be. They're I think they've improved drastically. Um, and I don't always like them. But I think they actually are being a reasonably decent team at this point. So I mean, you know, I wish he'd give, you know, I wish he'd cut down on the flopping and the and the you know the miraculous resurrection when his team has the ball back. But this the Gashi kid they've got is is uh, he's a nice little player. Again, he needs to lose mm-hmm. the time on the deck uh, w- with the Phantom Alleys. Um yeah, and I, I think that'll come because the, the, the disciplinary committee doesn't really seem to like that that much. Um, but he's a nice little player. Um, you got Jermaine Jones, you know, and and he can still play. He's getting up there. He can still play. Um, I still think they're a liability and goal. I'm not. I'm not ever going to be sold on Zach McMath as a keeper because he spills, um, and, and and that's been the knock on him uh, since he started the league. He's good for one or two spills a, a match, and so you know they get they get Howard in there. Again, he's on the downslope. Yeah, let's be honest, he's on the downslope, but I, I still think he's an upgrade at the position. So, oh yes, sorry, uh, but um, they're 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 not awful. They're they're not as good as Sporting in terms of talent across the board. They're 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 not as good as Sporting in terms of talent across the board. But they're not awful. They're a team that can jump up and get you. And, and Sporting. Let's be honest. Sporting have played down against them the last three times that they played. So um, that 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 was a, a disturbing thing last year is that they would play down to teams that they should have beaten, and I think they did that against Colorado as well. They played down to to, to clubs that aren't as good as, as they are. So they have to, they'll have to fix that. They need they need to get their 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 mean shoes on and and I hate to say this, you know. You get a club that's not as good, they need to get them down and keep them down and and do what they need to do to take control of a match and, and make it stick instead of letting underdogs hang around for, for so long. All right. Um, let's see. I'm not sure how much uh, more time you had tonight because we usually schedule for about an hour. But um, there was, a, let's see, the uh, interview with Garber today about uh, MLS expansion. I mentioned St. Louis being – a, a location that really has not I mean, everybody always talks about it and everybody wants there to be a team there but they haven't really had a uh, uh, ownership group out there but now all of a sudden he's like saying that they're one of the two front runners for the next wave um, if, is there an ownership group out there that anybody knows about or are I, we just going to build know. a stadium and hope they come I haven't heard anybody just leap to the front and say hey you know, we're going to build 
I think it would have really exploded in, in, in the news more than it has. You know, for him to say that is a little surprising to me. I mean, we all – Kansas City and St. Louis, no love lost for each other, but I think people would love to see an I-70 Derby in MLS. I really think, you know, if it doesn't involve driving all the way to Colorado. Um, they'd like to see that 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 uh, just down the road, you know, three-and-a-half-hour away day instead of the closest one being, what, six – the nine hours, um, yeah. for for the for the closest away day, um, yeah, I'd like to see it happen, but I think Sacramento has got to be really high on that list because they did so much groundwork. They've got the groundswell, so um, I, I I would say that they've got a, a real shot at that next being one of the next ones, um, and have St. Louis be the other. I, I gotta be honest. I'm kind of surprised at that. Well, and I mean, and I, I've never made any secret about it. I'm originally from St. Louis. I've lived here for way more of my life now than I lived there. So, I, but I do still have loyalties to St. Louis for certain things, obviously. And there, there was a great soccer tradition there. I mean, I grew up there liking soccer because of that soccer tradition that was there. And I, I mean, I know a lot of people still have that soccer tradition there. But it still comes down to this is an, this is MLS, and there has to be somebody sitting there with a billion dollars. Yeah, yeah. It only costs a hundred thousand to buy in, and it only costs you know you get a state or a city to build you a three hundred million dollar stadium that is doable and nice and all that. But it still comes down to you need somebody with a billion dollars of cash sitting around to be able to absorb losses and go out and buy a DP once in a while and things like that. It, nobody seems to have stepped up to that role in St. Louis. And even every contact that I've had over there has said, well, oh, yeah, there's a there's an ownership, ownership group out there. There's an ownership group out there. But never yeah. any serious like, – there, there are some guys out there with some money that kind of are in that MLS to St. Louis thing that was out there. But they weren't like the big money guys. They weren't the illegs and the days and um, guys that sporting has. Well, you know, my my first question is where's the the the, the Budweiser money? There? I mean, Bud is all over soccer. I mean, at the world level. And yeah, you know, I told you about being in Germany in '06, and the only beer you could get in the stadium was a Budweiser, which annoyed the Germans mightily. Let me tell you, Budweiser is all over soccer. And uh, I don't know why they couldn't, you know, raise the uh, the, the price of, of every six pack of whatever it is they make. Sorry, <laughs> um, every, raise the price of every six pack and, and have enough to, to to run an MLS team and buy a stadium and you know gold plate it and, and bring the Clydesdales to you know carry the soccer ball in every the start of every game. Um, there's money there. Um, but I, maybe they just don't want to own one team and have everybody else go, okay, fine. We're not going to carry a button in our stadiums anymore. So I don't know. Um, but the money is, that'd be my first choice. You know, why, where's the, where's the money behind Anheuser-Busch? Um, even, even when, um, Anheuser-Busch was in baseball, they got out of baseball at one point, kind of for that very reason. They didn't want to be seen as, you know, you go to the, the game in Kansas City, and you're funding the team in St. Louis. 
you know, they didn't want to be seen as doing that. So that's, that may be a big part of why uh, Budweiser doesn't sponsor or own a team specifically in St. Louis. Now, it wouldn't necessarily tick people off in Germany because they already won't like the beer. But it would be the other stadiums around MLS that maybe would like, hey, why are – but then again, you know, we, we sit here and promote Red Bull and stuff like that. And, yeah, you can buy a red. You can buy a Red Bull, vodka and Red Bull at uh, at Children's Mercy Park. So, uh, you know, it's, yeah. Uh, the thing is, I don't. I don't think soccer fans. This isn't NASCAR. You know, to where if you, if you hate a driver, like you know, say you hate Jimmy Johnson, you're not going to go to the Home Depot, or not Home Depot, go to Lowe's because Jimmy Johnson, right? MLS fans aren't like that. I don't know anybody who's like, yeah, Columbus sucks. I'm not going to, I hate Columbus. I'm not going to shave with Barbasol. You know, I, I don't know anybody who's like that. I don't know if there's quite the brand loyalty slash hatred slash, oh, my team wears this, therefore I buy this. I mean, in NASCAR, if you like a driver, you'll buy anything from that, you know, that company because. You know that's your that's your 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 guy's sponsor. So you know, like I forget which one of the bushes and I don't know who it is now. I mean, the, the things swoop around so much. You know, you like the one guy, you buy Budweiser. You like the other guy, you buy Bud Light. And, you know, and you hate this guy, so you wouldn't you wouldn't drink a Budweiser if you were, you know, if your stomach was on fire. So it's I don't think MLS fans are quite that brand conscious. So I don't I don't really don't, I don't think it would hurt them in the long run. Um, in terms of, of people just not wanting because they're ubiquitous anyway. I mean, they they are the hundred pound gorilla in the room. They're 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 not a great brewery, but they're the hundred pound gorilla with the advertising revenue and the and the volume and everything else. So I, I don't think that that uh, I don't think it'll take a huge and they make good commercials. Line. Yeah, they, they make great commercials. Beer. Yeah, well, they they need to argue. because something's got something's got to sell that stuff. No. So you, you no. got to come up with a hey, commercial. Hey. With, with, Sorry, man. I'm slagging on the St. Louis hometown beer, but I can't. I like some St. Louis breweries, but none of them are, uh, are AB. <laughs> Wait, but, but you know, St. Louis is the only locally owned brewery in Missouri. Shafley's. Yep. The largest Schla- well, locally owned brewery. I like Schlafly. I like, you know, I, I, I like uh, Second Shift. I like, you know, Perennial. There's some, there's some good beers coming out of St. Louis. And in terms of Belgian overlords, though, I think Boulevard came out way ahead of the uh, of, of uh, AB. A whole lot like Belmore got better than than uh, than InBev. But we digress. Don't get me talking about beer. We're gonna have like the world's longest podcast. I know. I've I've already extended the time on this podcast. <laughs> um, oh, okay. All right. Now, um, circling back, though. Sorry for people who have been sitting and listening to this. Although. I've, Hopefully it's not that boring. MLS expansion um, in St. Louis. St. Louis gets to the team. Um, one of the the factors that I've always I, I I wanted St. Louis to get a team because you know the local rivalry. Part of me will hate it because I'll hear you know the the anti St. Louis, anti Kansas City stuff from people, and I'm kind of still have feet in both cities to a certain extent. So part of me will hate it, but it'll be good for the team. But another part of it is that right now Sporting owns Missouri, all of it. Yep. If that happens, St. Louis will – St. Louis FC, FC St. Louis, St. Louis AC, whatever the hell they name they come up with for the official – probably be St. Louis United since they won't let Minnesota have it. Um, 
but they um they would then own at least a 50 mile radius around St. Louis where nobody probably could get a player or something like that. Um, and right. St. Louis has had a lot of good players from out there and they still There's, are. Yeah, they well, have a few really good development. They still got yeah. very good players coming out of there. And if we oh, could yeah, get yeah, that I, pipeline I, I, out of Scott Gallagher. I'm understanding. Sure. So um, uh, the, you, you, you do give, you give something up, you know, if you're sporting, you have to give something up. If St. Louis gets a team. Yeah, there is that. But um, I, I just I really do like the idea of a re- true regional rival uh, because they don't have it. They don't, you know, Chicago, they're not even the same conference anymore. Dallas, I mean, I'm, God love the, the, the loyal Dallas fans, but they're not a gigantic amount of them, especially with the stadium being clear out there in Frisco, you know. And I don't know, I, I don't, the uh, – you know, in, in Colorado, the other close home um, thing in there, they'd, they'd rather uh, maybe get fired about uh, RSL. You know, it's the Rocky Mountain Cup, whatever you want to call. I, mean, I would, I would love to see Sporting have a regional rival, a close regional rival where, you know, you don't have to fly to get there or drive all night. You get, you know, you get in the car on a game day and you drive over St. Louis. And you know you, you uh, hit the, the craft places over there and go to the game, and then you can come back you know either that night or come back the next day. You haven't like killed your whole weekend and travel, and killed your whole travel budget uh, for the month or two uh, to make the match. I, I would I really I think the there yeah, would there would be a trade off for sporting, but I just I really like the idea of that regional rival. I think that would be just a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah, and the, the 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 rivalries and the and the and the smack and everything else back and forth, it would be there. You didn't have to put up with people saying uh, St. Louis, blah. but I, I kind of like a little bit of that. And I mean, when it gets when it just gets stupid, no. But I think I think a little bit of that's a lot of fun. Yeah. All right. Fair enough. Um, let's see. Other um, been paying attention to Swill Park Rangers very much. Uh, just some. I haven't gotten back at any matches since the uh, the, the first one at Children's Mercy Park. But uh, you know, they, they, I, they I, haven't had any more local. <laughs> no, no, local. Yeah, I've been in any of the road matches. I haven't been in the road matches. Um, thinking, um, thinking about going out on Wednesday. Um, you know, I, I, I think well, they're gonna be a lot of fun to watch. Um, just because they they do play that that kind of swarmy high press that, that Mark Dos Santos has them playing. Um, that, that first game against Portland JV. You know, I mean, I'm sorry, you're going to name a team two or, or B. Might as well call it JV. The first game against Portland JV, I mean, they were all over the the defense from the get-go. I was kind of surprised they don't want to be in 2-1 just because there's so many opportunities generated early. They're going to be a lot of fun to watch. And I think you're going to see some guys make the jump up at some point, you know, even for, for relief or whatever. Uh, Kevin Dolavera, I think you're going to see him um, definitely in, in a senior club kit at some point th- th- this year. Um, I think you'll see Shallowy, um coming up and getting some minutes with the, oh. with the senior side this year. Um, I mean, that's well, going to be fun to watch. They've already seen the benefit with Madranda. They've already seen the benefit with Madranda going down and getting some time and a little confidence yeah. coming back up and playing well when he's got some time with with uh, the senior team. Yeah, 
So I, I think it's going to be a great deal for him. And plus, I, again, I say I, I make fun of, of the of the clubs that, that name their team 2 or B or whatever because what they've done here is they've given they've got, they've got a USL club and it's owned by Sporting, but it has its own identity. It's got its own name, it's got its own identity, and, and it's not just you know. I mean, I, I, here's my 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 take on it. Psychologically, you put a guy on a team that says two or B, you're telling this guy, yeah, you just you go play in the JV team. That's the kid's table. You you put somebody on a club that's again same situation, owned by but you you, you know, I'm gonna go play for Swole Rangers. Swope Park Rangers. They're they're playing for a club that's got its own its own identity. It's not just everybody doesn't look at Swope Park Rangers and go, Oh, that's a little brother name. You know, that's that's a uh that's that's a B team name. So I, I think uh they're going about it the right way in terms of, of brand in terms of, because they're going to be able to sell merch. Yeah. I mean, I'm not hugely sold on the orange, but, you know, maybe a year. You know, I, I could get to like it. But uh, I think they're doing everything right with, with, the, with the club. They've got, a, they've got a good coach in, um, in Mark DeSantos. I, I think, just think they're doing everything right with, the, with this USL side. Yeah, that's, uh, that's been entertaining so far. I mean, they're, uh, they're two wins, one draw, and – looking pretty good in most of that. They were um the last game down in San Antonio I believe it was that they were they were under the gun most of that time and you know they were I don't want to say lucky to come out of there with the draw but you know it was one of those where you road match that you go in and you have to basically know that you're gonna get beat up on and come out with a, a point. Um but that's that's what they did. They went in and they didn't do it with a, a full team and um they had some injuries and they still have a couple that they're hoping to get back, but it was a good performance by them. And we're, we've seen a little benefit with Madranda getting some time with them and, you know, Shallowee and Kempen and some other guys that we know technically are first team guys. They just are playing down there to get their time. But the, yeah. to me, the other big benefit so far is you've got sporting Academy guys that are training with them. Constantly. And yep. I don't know if you've noticed, but when you got the training, there's been academy guys training with sporting for the last couple of years, you know, off and on once in a while, but there's now guys constantly trying training with Swope Park Rangers. There are guys who, if you go out there on certain days, you really don't know which group is which group because there might be a group of forwards over on one field with uh, Zavagnin and you look out there and Dom Dwyer and Diego Rubio and, um, Chris Turpak and Tyler Pasher from Swell Park Rangers and uh, Will Little from the Academy will all be in one group and they're yeah. all working together and doing the exact same things and then you go and look at another group and there's the, the defensive guys the defensive midfielders and defenders and again you've got Matt Beasler and uh, Nuno Cueo and uh, Jacob Van Campernal and and Tommy Meyer and Ezra uh, Armstrong and all these guys, you know, academy players. It, it's just been it's been entertaining to go out there and see these guys. And today I was at practice for a little bit, and I'm like looking at somebody, I'm like, okay, who the hell is that? Okay, I, st- I still have no idea what his name was, but I'm pretty sure he was an academy player, and he was training with Sporting and looking pretty darn good at it. 
Yeah, it, the the experience of those academy guys is going to be invaluable. They're going to get you know that professional coaching and being around pros and seeing what it takes to to, to play the game at that level. Um, yeah, I, I'm I'm really again I, I really like what they've done. I think they're going about doing this the right way, and they're and they're they're giving the the USL side. Uh, you know the the responsibility of of really bringing all these academy kids along, and and the in, at the same time um, getting guys you know prepared to to make that move up to the senior side. Hey, it's a, it's great vertical integration. That's all I've got to say about it. Now, now this weekend um, they're going to go down and play Oklahoma City, so mm-hmm. it's it's our. Our our team playing our former team and one of our former heroes Jimmy Nielsen and yeah. um, they still have a couple guys from uh, you know former sporting guys down there and uh, former sporting academy player and uh, Jordy Jordan Rideout things like that so it it's a pretty interesting little dynamic there. Yeah, it'll be it'll be, it'll be fun. See, I kind of wish I were going down, but uh, I'm hoping to make a game down there at some point this year. Um, yeah, it'll be it'll be fun. I, you know, I, I like Jimmy. Yeah, you know, I, I like Peg out of Jimmy. I want him to do well uh, as a coach. Um, so it, you know, it's really hard to say go down and just smash those guys. But uh, it, I think it'll be fun. I think it'll be a hard fought game on both sides. Um, it'd be interesting to see how it comes out. Absolutely. All right. Um, anything else we should have covered this week? Oh yeah, we're gonna play San Jose. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna play San Jose. Any predictions? Uh, I don't. I don't know. Um, I really haven't dived into the, into that much this week because I've been working on the on the Rubio thing and some other things. But I, I think they get it right. I, I think it's. Um, I'm gonna say two one in the other direction. They've done, they've done well on the road. They're, they've got a point to prove. Uh, but I'm gonna say two one Sporting. I'll, I'll I'll go for a one-one draw and then make that a positive. All right. Um. All right. Anything else we should have covered tonight? No, I think we've covered all kinds of things tonight. Oh, uh, very very true. Um, I, I know I'm gonna bring up something that you don't really have a chance to follow that closely, but FC Kansas City, they play this weekend Saturday night down at uh, Slope Soccer Village Children's Mercy Soccer Park, whatever it's actually called now. Um, but down at Swope, and they're going to be playing against Portland, uh, one of the hated teams in the league. <laughs> the um, anyway, <laughs> now they're they're owned by the same guy, so um, Merritt Paulson, and he's went out and spent a a bit of money, and somehow they they fit in a lot of uh, stars under a salary cap that is pretty tight. So I'm not quite sure how that happened, but I'm pretty sure that it's happened in order to keep Kansas city from winning a third straight title. Um, but FC Kansas city is going to be playing this weekend, Saturday night down there. Um, they've started off slow the last couple of years, but ended up winning the, the, the title, go down and check them out. They could use your support. Lots of conversation lately about women not getting paid as much as men and things like that. Well, one of the things that could help that is going and supporting the league. Yeah, absolutely. Different I, I, I'm, uh, no, I, I'm all in favor. I, I got to get out to it, the FC Casey game last year for the first time. And I loved watching the game. Like, like, I like watching how they play. Um, 
And this, so I, yeah, I'm hoping for another, for good things this year. I say that the uh, the title game is going in Houston. I, they say the title game. I say like FCKC Nationwide Championship Tour. Uh, <laughs> you wonder if they're going to have to play in every uh, NWSL city before they have a championship game here. I don't know. Um, but yeah, I'd I'd love to see them do well again this year. They're they're it's it's, it's, a, it's a it's a good team, represent the city really well, and. Uh, yeah, like like to see him just keep that up. Well, so, and one of the things that uh, Vako Ananowski, their coach, he's he surprised everybody when he was named because he's not known for coaching uh, women's soccer, although he's known for indoor soccer at that point. But he coached uh, at the ECNL level, and you know had done well and helped coach that. But he's just a he's a great soccer mind and he tries to play the game as pretty as he possibly can with the players he has. So they when they had Lauren Holiday, they were a beautiful passing and she'd slice open the, the defenses and to get balls up to Amy Rodriguez and things like that. Well, Lauren Holiday is retired and Amy Rodriguez is off having baby number two and her replacement is Sydney LaRue who's off having baby Dom number one. Um so uh, they have local girl uh, Shea Groom starting up top. Uh, another local girl, Mandy Laddish, who uh, was every, been everywhere from a defensive midfielder to a forward for the team. Um, and these are local kids that are contributing and great players for the team. And uh, Shea Groom is like a female version of Dom, uh, aggressive, quick, willing to go in on every challenge. The only difference is she's the tiniest little thing that's out there and um, hope that she can survive the season. <laughs> yeah, it's always nice to get you know, people from here. I mean, it's great that people kind of adopted Kansas City. I mean, look at look, look at it. Um, I go back to sporting, you know, guys who, who come in from other places and sort of adopted Kansas City. But it, it really is good to see people who grew up here representing the city it's 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 a good blend of of, of locals and people who come in and I, I like to see that across the board yeah and and don't let me forget there's another a third player Frances silva who's on the team also she started last week um she'll she'll probably start a fair amount of games this year uh talented midfielder uh, you know was with went to west virginia but uh, that's that's three kids from here that are on the roster right now they've had others um, but some of them have, you know, realized they weren't going to get a lot of starting time and have moved on, uh, things sure, like that. But that happens. They, they've done a good job at uh, picking up the talent from locally and making the most of it. Yeah, yeah, you see that with Swope Ring. You know, you got Christian Duke and and John Kempen. So again, you know, John, of course, is is he's, I would say he's Sporting's number two. He's just getting the minutes down at uh, at Swope Rangers to keep him sharp. Um, but yeah, it, 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 is, it really is good to see local kids. Uh, you know, say kids because they're all younger than me. Uh, all three of the, and all three of the teams. That's just I like that because it's it's uh, there is that there is some of that hometown pride still at, at play. Yep, absolutely. Uh, yeah, and you can't call them kids because yeah, they are all way younger than you, Steve. Yeah, I think everybody's <laughs> way younger than me. I'm even older than than, uh, than Peter, so. Yeah, that's true. All right. All right. Well, um, anyway, thanks for calling in. I think we've chatted probably long enough and covered a really wide range of topics. 
in the meantime, I know we did answer Sean's question, but he and Greg have been going back and forth about whether or not they should have started the players against Colorado. So that's kind of been interesting to watch on Twitter. So Sean, I'll <laughs> respond to you when I get off the phone uh, on Twitter, but we did talk about it on the, the podcast for you. So we did, we did. And, I, and thanks for, thanks for the question. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I haven't been looking at Twitter because I've been wandering around, uh, wandering around the church parking lot near my, uh, near my house. So you know, like somewhat be quiet. Uh, okay. Um, yeah, I've done that for podcasts too. So sorry for keeping you so long wandering around the empty parking lot. Hopefully nobody's called the cops on you. Yeah, I know. And I, nobody yet. Uh, I thought the siren earlier might be, but you know, wasn't, wasn't for me. It was for somebody else. All right. Well, I appreciate it, Steve. Have a good night. Hopefully I'll see you in the next few days at one of the games or the other. All uh, right. Thanks for having me on. It's always fun. Uh, this is Steve Brizendine from MLSsoccer.com. That, uh, that was Steve. This is Thad from the Blue Testament.com. Uh, good night, everybody, and thanks for listening.